Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday afternoon. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com or stop by and see them in person and have a blast at Pearl River Resort. Seaspire text line is open to you. The number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with C Spire Business. They've got uh, gigabit fiber internet that is available to you almost all over the state of Mississippi. Learn more at cspire.com slash business. Richard Cross, as I said, I'll introduce us all again. That's Michael Borky in the uh, Black Pullover. If you're watching on uh, C Spire TV, there's uh, Brian Haydad. Hi, Brian. Hello. Good to see you. What's that? What's that little smirk you've got on your face there today? I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Well, ha- happy Thursday, but you look like you're happy today. Glad Thank to you. be, uh, glad to be with you. Still kind of yucky outside. It is, it is, but inside, I'm happy. Are the roads completely clear in Starkville? Uh yes, outside of my driveway, yes. Yes. You, you hadn't gotten out and shoveled your driveway or anything like that. It'll melt when it melts. No, right? no, but I don't melt when it melts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's melted enough that I can get the car out, so it's fine. That's good. And, Borky, it was it was quick melting in the uh, the greater Jackson metro area, right? Yeah, everybody went back to school today, so uh, mm-hmm. so that was good. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's seemingly done. We got the, the worst weather. So the the ice on the roads for days, what you're getting up there in North Mississippi, that's pretty terrible. But at least, like, you know, if you got kids, you can go sledding and stuff like that. You've got a reason to stay inside. Yeah. This morning, it was 36 degrees and raining. Like, that, that is the worst weather because it doesn't cancel anything. You can't play in it. There's no reason to stay inside. You've got to go like do all of your business responsibilities and life responsibilities. <laughs> and it's terrible outside. Like there's no there's no upside to what we got today, but I was looking at the uh, the future forecast. We've got a false spring coming, gentlemen. 
mm. in a couple of weeks. Oh, fall spring? Yeah, we got a fall spring coming. It's going to be beautiful, Good. and then baseball season's going to hit like a very cold bag of bricks. That's what's going to happen. I hate I mean, to say it, but that's what's going to happen. Week, next week, we're up. It's up like 30 degrees over what it is right now, right? It's going to be in like the mid-60s every day. There's but your fall spring. it's going to be pouring rain every day. So yeah. it'll be warmer, but pouring down rain on us. Mississippi State opens the season at home, right? Yes. That's going to be the coldest baseball series of all time. <sighs> What's the coldest? Bits of cold I'm to... I, I know it snowed on an Ole Miss TCU hey, series a while ago. I know that happened. It did. Um, state state against uh, USM a couple of years ago was frigid. Well, I say a couple more than that, but it was really, really cold and startable. Hey, Dad, you remember Super Bulldog weekend a few years ago when State was hosting Ole Miss and it snowed and sleeted during the game some? Yeah. Or, or, or was that one of those rare years where they played earlier in the season? I'm trying to remember that. No, that was that was uh, yeah, that was an earlier one. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, that was because uh, they had to play a doubleheader on Saturday. The Friday game got like almost like iced out almost, and uh, <laughs> I do recall that because we had a uh, spring game scrimmage. So as a media member, I went to the, the scrimmage, and there was a guy there in a t-shirt, and it was like 28 degrees outside, and we just. Nobody paid attention to the scrimmage. We just ripped on him for thirty minutes, and then went over to Diddy Noble and uh, went over and watched the ga- watched the games. Yeah, yeah, that was I remember that one. That was a cold one. Yeah, February college baseball. Um, sometimes you catch a break, and it's absolutely gorgeous. More times than not, it is absolutely it's just cold, frigid. But that's okay. It gets I, better. It's yeah. coming. It'll get better. I saw somebody bring it up the other day. It was somebody that covers a, a northern team. It's been talked about before, but. Uh, he was basically saying, for half the country, they can't even prepare for baseball. They can't even prepare for baseball. I mean, unless you borrow the football's practice facility, there's a lot of northern schools that don't have one of their own. You know, in SEC country, they've got great indoor facilities. That's not the case everywhere. What would be the harm in pushing the season back a month? And yes, in Ohio, it's still cold at the middle and end of March, but at least you're not getting snowed on for half the season or having to spend the first five weeks of your season playing in Florida just so you can actually play games. What is the downside to the possibility of baseball starting a month later than it currently does? Because even here in Mississippi, yeah, well, you just laid it out. February baseball stinks, even in Mississippi. For, for the most part, you're right. I, I was looking at Columbia, Missouri. So, I mean, baseball teams are, are practicing, right? They are on the march to the start of the season. And Columbia, Missouri, the um, the the warmest it gets over the next 10 days is 42 degrees. Um, and there's an 11 that's mixed in there, and there's some a bunch in the 30s. I mean, I'm thinking about... You know, Norman, Oklahoma, OU making the transition to the SEC next year. Don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, they will be part of the SEC. Uh, they're okay. They've got temperatures that are a little bit better than uh, than Columbia, Missouri, over the the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it's cold. And and the traditional answer has been, well, it affects the draft and uh, all of those things. But you know, they pushed the draft back a little bit. I don't know. Did they push it all the way um, a full month back? Can't remember what the exact. Anyway, it doesn't matter. 
We, um, I don't know. Maybe we got to address scholarship limits before we can address universal start date. Well, of, of even if it was March first, even if you just pushed it two weeks, that would make a difference for a lot of people. I wonder if these two things are connected. You know, the scholarship limits. If you raise the the scholarship amount in baseball, and if you make it optional, great. But there there's this push, and it's gonna eventually become a shove, and eventually become reality of revenue sharing, at least for the football players. Do you think that because people see that on the horizon, they're going to be really reluctant to start raising the expenses of a non-revenue sport like baseball? I don't know. Like we're really going to take on an extra seven figures of expenses when we're going to have to start paying the football team soon? Uh-uh. Not signing up for that. We um, there There is so much uncertainty across the college Landscape, college athletics landscape today, and there was another hill uh, hearing on uh, on Capitol Hill today with uh, Charlie Baker there, and uh, con- I guess it was congressmen that were asking congressmen and congresswomen who were Congress people who were asking questions um, today on Capitol Hill. Congressonians, and, you know, yeah, okay, we'll work, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, Did you hear what one of the members of the committee said after the meeting? We're not going to pass anything. Don't come to us for help. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, yeah, we're not going to do it. So, sure, go figure. So uh, it will continue to uh, be a little lawless out there in college. I saw a, uh, one of the congressmen said, "We don't want to go to pay for play." <laughs> I like that about politics too. Can we get that about politics while we're while we're doing that? Can we can we knock out two birds with one stone? And, and, and truth being told, we have pay-for-play in college athletics, and we have pay-for-play in co- uh, politics as well. So, you know, maybe there's more similarities there than we uh, than we realize. One more thing on the yeah. weather, by the way. If you're traveling in North Mississippi, you've still got to be really, really careful. From, from basically Grenada, if you want to kind of draw a line there, north. Um, I drove home from Nashville today. From Nashville... Uh, on 40 all the way to Memphis and then kind of getting over onto 55. Really, it was good until about the Hernando exit. But then from Hernando to Batesville and then from Batesville across to Oxford, it's still really icy, really slushy. Um, you, you said everybody went back to school today where you are, Borky. They have canceled school through Friday. Uh, and Ole Miss actually pushed its start back to Thursday of next week. Um because there's so many students that are going to be coming back to campus with road conditions not in great shape. So um, still... It's the basketball still, game still next week in Jeopardy. If you're not opening the school until Thursday yeah, because it's unsafe, how are you going to play a basketball game on Wednesday? Sports operates by a different set of rules. It does, but yeah. I mean, you, you got to get Arkansas there somehow, right? Yeah. Oh, they'll be able to get in. Yeah, and, I mean, they'll fly in. And then it's just local travel. So I so mean, they they are able to to get... It's not that bad to where any travel is like the stupidest thing ever? No. Okay. No. Well, that's good. You, you just got to really, really be careful. And just I mean, We talked about it earlier in the week. Just slow down. Um, if, if you don't have either four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive or at, at minimum a front-wheel drive car... You're probably going to get yourself into some trouble if you're on the roads in in North Mississippi right now. Just be really careful and take it slow and easy. Sports Talk Mississippi, we're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. 
Talk Mississippi continues. So Wednesday, January 17th was not the greatest basketball day in the history of the state of Mississippi. No, no, not, not, not the best ever. But the good news is there are more games to come, and they are going to come fast. Got more coming up this, uh, this Saturday. Last night, Mississippi State on the road in Lexington, Kentucky, taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. And, hey, Dad, Mississippi State didn't have a whole lot of answers for Kentucky uh, they give up 90 in the game, and the, uh, the Wildcats get the win last night. What stood out for you in last night's ballgame? For me, what stood out not only in this game, but in, in the previous game against Alabama, and, and a little bit just this, this in conference play, is that State has, has not had that same defensive intensity and identity that it had a, a season ago. You know, they gave up 82 points to Bama, 90 points last night. Uh, South Carolina shot the ball really well on them. Second half, Tennessee shot the ball really well on them. Uh, State last year, you know, if you had told me that State was going to get 77 points in a game, I would have said, well, they won easily because I know they didn't give up more than 70. And, and, And they just don't seem to have that as much this year. They don't have that same identity, that same make it dirty, make the game ugly kind of uh, of way to play games. Um, it feels like they want to play a more traditional style and get up and down the court, but they still don't have the shooters for that. Um, I like what I saw from Trey Fort last night. I think he earned his earning more minutes every time out. You know, Josh Hubbard had, a, had an off night, and, you know, that's what shooters do. Sometimes they just they, it doesn't fall for them. One of uh, 11, 11 from the field, I think. Yeah, only three points for him. You look at Tolu's line, you think, "Wow, he really carried this team." But a lot of those points came late in the game, uh, when 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 the game, the outcome had already been decided. So, for Mississippi State, they they they've got to find that that identity again because they play a Vanderbilt team this week, and you covered them yesterday, and you know that they're not a very good basketball team. But they play pressure free because nobody expects them to win any time they're on the court, and they're going to win some games. And every team in the conference is looking at them as a landmine right now. You you look at Vanderbilt and you're like, guys, we cannot lose that game if we want to play postseason basketball. And that's where State is this week. They've got to escape the trap that is Vanderbilt. Yeah, I agree with you on Tolu Smith's numbers. A little deceiving. He finishes with 26 points and 8 rebounds on 11 of 15 shooting in 28 minutes. But your point about a lot of those points being late, I, I think certainly matters. Sometimes you got to do more than just look at the box score. To me, there's, there's something else, though, that is concerning with Tolu Smith. He was a poor free-throw shooter a year ago, worked a lot mm-hmm. on getting better from the free-throw line, and when he came back from injury over the first few games back, he was in the 80% range from the free-throw line, which is phenomenal. But he struggled at the line against Alabama on Saturday. He struggled at the line last night, went just four for eight. Um, and you, you just don't want to see free throws. And Mississippi State only had ten total free throws in the game last night. They hit six of, of ten. 
So, you know, a little, little bit different type game, whereas Kentucky goes 23 of 27 from the foul line in that game last night. You just don't want to see missed free throws rear their ugly head and be the reason that you come up short in a close game, like happened against Alabama on Saturday. That's what happened against Alabama, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened against Alabama. So, yeah, that's just just one of the things. State, state right now, I just feel like they're that, that, that – that loss of identity, and we go into this a lot more detail in tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. They just, they just aren't playing the same style of basketball that made them successful a season ago, and they've got to find a way to get back to that. Because I think, in most ways, they are they are a very similar team to what they were last year. Basically, it's the same team with the addition of Josh Hubbard, and Hubbard can be that guy who gets you over the hump. When you know you're only scoring 63, 64 points a game, well, here comes Hubbard to give you another 10, 11 points. But if you're going to be giving up 75, 80 points a game like they've done these past few few times out, that's that's going to make that kind of irrelevant. So a difficult start to league play for Mississippi State, a one and three start. They lose on the road to South Carolina. The win out of that group is number five Tennessee. They win that one 77-72. They lose 82-74 to Bama. They lose last night 90 to 70 or 90-77 on the road against Kentucky. So, to your point a second ago, this one on Saturday against Vanderbilt is huge because these are the next five after Vanderbilt. Got to go on the road to Florida and say what? Quad one. Quad one opportunity. Florida seems to be a different team at home than they are on the road. At home, Florida has... A really close loss to Kentucky and a win over Arkansas. On the road, they've been blown out at Ole Miss and blown out at Tennessee. Um, After that, it's Auburn at home. That's a week from Saturday. Auburn's really good. Quad one. Auburn's just, just no other way to slice it. They're really good. Then a road trip to Alabama. So second time to face Alabama in about a two-week span. Well, you and missed then one. Georgia at home. You missed one. Oh, I'm sorry. After the Auburn game, a road trip to Ole Miss, then Quad a road one. trip to Alabama. Quad one. Then back home against Georgia. That's quad two right now. Georgia's better than I thought they were going to be this year. They, they, they've, they, they've, they've played pretty well to this point. So, but yeah, after this game, Richard, they play four straight quad one games, and I don't think they're going to win them all. But man, if they can get two, they could be two and two, which would put them at what six and six in the league. I think I, that that would be reasonable. You know, that would be okay. So that's not right. Six and six, not right. But, but no, whatever, they, they, around five hundred in the league. Yeah, they'd be three four and four. five if they go two and two three in and their five. next four games. They're one and three, right? But three now. and five. Three and five, having played Alabama twice, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Auburn, isn't isn't terrible. And, isn't and having terrible. your your road game against Ole Miss out of the way as well. Yeah, yeah. The schedule lightens up for State a little bit after that, but they've got to find. But it, it, you got to get wins too. It's not enough just to play these these big games. You got to win a couple of them as well. Yeah. I was looking at State's net a little while ago, and th- there's an. You know, I think I understand what the net ranking is. We've talked about it so much. Mississippi State's in good shape, right? They're at 34 in the net right now. 
But I was looking, I was like, all right, what's the difference in Mississippi State's resume right now and Ole Miss's? Because Ole Miss is 15 and 2 overall, Mississippi State's 12 and 5, and yet Mississippi State is 26 spots better in the net than Ole Miss is. So to me, the big difference is Mississippi State being 6 and 0 in neutral site games. Because when you get into the the quads, State is one and three in quad one games. So they've played four of them, but have lost three. Ole Miss is one and, and one. And in one in those games, Washington State is currently fifty one. They had jumped up into the fifties. State had a second quad one win earlier this week. They've dropped down to fifty one. That game all year long it may can be a game that goes back and forth between quad one and quad two. Yeah, and that win for Ole Miss over UCF on the road is is continuing to hold up. And the last, what, week, UCF's got a win at home against Kansas and a win on the road against Texas. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about horns down at some point. Like, that, what, it feels like a weary conversation, but yeah, hey, we'll, hey, we'll talk about it. A weary conversation. We're not classless. We're not classless like that. We're not going to do it that. It sounds like the best conversation to have. We We can do it. I just mean weary in the fact, like, how long have we been talking about horns down and how big a deal that is but, or isn't? But you had a coach cussing at, in the handshake line, cussing at players on another team because they dared do it. Have some class, he said over and over again. We don't do that expletive. Um, quad two. Mississippi State's four and one. Ole Miss is three and one. So very similar there. Quad three. Ole Miss five and zero. State three and zero. Quad four. Ole Miss six and zero. Mississippi State four and one. So that means that uh, Southern has dropped into a quad four loss at this point. So there's not a ton of difference in the resumes from that standpoint. I mean, the, the only you know the only real difference is Mississippi State's six neutral site wins. With no losses. And so some value in those. And then the other difference is Ole Miss has three fewer losses and three more wins than Mississippi State. But the Bulldogs, the the, the net formula certainly likes Mississippi State more than it likes Ole Miss right now. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. So it was not a particularly fun night in Lexington for the Bulldog faithful. Not a particularly fun night in Baton Rouge for the Rebels faithful either. We'll talk about Ole Miss and LSU when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. 
So State played the early game last night. Ole Miss played also an early game. Tipped off at 6 o'clock Central Time in Baton Rouge, taking on an LSU team that was coming in 2-1 and one in the SEC. Ole Miss was also 2-1 and one in the SEC. Close game in the first half. LSU led it by 2 at the half, 35-33. But the Tigers outscored the Rebels 54-47 in the second half en route to a 9-point win, 89 89- to 80. LSU improved to 11 and 6 overall, 3 and 1 in conference play, Ole Miss 15 and 2, 2 and 2 in the SEC. Ole Miss had four players in double figures. Jalen Murray had 23 last night. Allen Flanagan had 20 on 5 of 17 shooting. He was also 0 of 5 from the three point line. Matthew Morrell had 19, 1 of 6 from behind the arc. Jamin Brayfield had 13. Ole Miss got nothing out of the post as. Musa Cisse and Jamarian Sharp compl- combined to play 31 minutes with mm, one point and eight rebounds. That is not good from your two big men. No. It's kind of who they are, though. I mean, you're really not going to get much offensively from, from either yeah. one of them. But, but, but you are looking for rim protection and some rebounding. Yeah, and and you don't get much rebounding. I mean, they got out rebounded again uh, last night, and uh, honestly, their shooting splits are bad, but they're better than they were most of the game. If we're being honest, they, they made some shots late that yeah, closed did. that gap. Um, they built up a little bit of a lead in the first half, and then made some mistakes, lazy passes, second chance points. The bench gave them nothing uh, last night, four points. So the Ole Miss's bench scored just. Two more baskets than we all did in the game last night, uh, so so that was a problem. But um, had an opportunity. My shot was just off, man. Uh, to to really kind of take control of the game and and just turn it over and and turn it over and like they only had ten in the game, I think ten turnovers. They were just very poorly timed turnovers mm-hmm. in the first half. Um, a lot of live ball turnovers. Which yeah, was just the worst kind. Yeah, and, and led to easy baskets from uh, from LSU. The the, more yeah, I think it's really simple though. Like like there are a lot of, there are individual things that you can point to. You can point to bench points, whatever. You know what the difference in the game was? Ole Miss's shooting last night compared to what they've done for the year. Ole Miss leads the SEC in three point shooting. They are a forty percent three point shooting team. Last night they shot twenty five percent. They were yeah. six of twenty-four, and so if you add four threes to it, and they go ten of twenty-four, which is about forty percent, roughly, and check the math on me if you want to, then they win the game, possibly. And and on the other side, LSU, who was not a good three-point shooting team to start conference play in their first two games, they made only nine threes in their first two SEC games. They made ten last night. And they were 5 of 8 from behind the arc in the second half. Every time Ole Miss would mount a little run, it felt like LSU would hit a 3. And then even really, really late in the game, what, a minute, minute and a half left, Ole Miss cut the lead to 5? They either got it to 4 or 5. And L- and that was with a minute to go. So it was a 2 percent Was it 4? doesn't matter. It was either 4 or 5. And Ole Miss decides to play it straight up defensively. 
They played for a little bit of a trap in the backcourt. They get it into the half court. What do they do? They give everybody, they allow LSU to dribble it down, trying to get one stop, and then go make a basket, and then see what happens. LSU dribbles it down. They go into their offense with about nine seconds on the shot clock. Ole Miss handles the initial penetration well. They rotate off a screen, do a good job there, but they leave a man wide open in the corner. Point guard, a point guard finds him, and the uh, the freshman for LSU, it was uh, Mike Williams, I think, hit the three, ball game. LSU made big shots in pressure moments down the stretch, and they had a huge night from Jordan Wright, the Vanderbilt transfer. Boy, Vandy'd like to have him back. He had twenty seven points last night. Yeah, and uh, and Ole Miss didn't, but but even still, like. You know, you're not going to have great shooting nights every night. And how can you win, you know, on those nights when you're not shooting well from the outside? And, and they didn't do enough of that either. Just, you know, as we see all the time, it's tough to win on the road. Uh, they, they made some lackadaisical. How did Zion say it? Laxid. I don't remember, but I wish I still had that audio cut of Zion trying to say lackadaisical. Hmm. Um, made some mistakes early in the first half that cost them. And it, you don't want to pick on one player, especially a player that has played well this season, but you're not, or you shouldn't anyway, have Flanagan be the guy that takes the most shots on your team. Having him have the most volume of shots is not always going to be a recipe that leads to wins. I mean, when you've got Murray, who's a good shooter, and Morrell, who's come on, and Brakefield has really improved his shot, I mean... You know, Flanagan's experienced, and he gets to the basket, and he made all of his free throws last night, which it was important. It kept him in it. But, man, he can't be taking 17 shots when, when that is the most on your team. It, that, that, that's not the best recipe for success for that team. Some of those misses ended up at the free throw line, where he was 10 of 10. Mm-hmm. He did some that good helped. things. But you're right. You need, you need efficiency. From Alan Flanagan, you, you, he's not—he's not the volume shooter you're looking for. So twenty points is nice from Flanagan, but you would prefer fourteen points from him on five of twelve, four of eleven, something like that. Um, than than taking as many shots as he did. Jalen Murray had a big night. Probably played the best of anybody last night for Ole Miss. 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 7 shooting it. So, going back to our net conversation from earlier, Ole Miss's net falls 8 spots with that road loss last night. They go from 52 to 60. They're 15-2 and two overall. 1 quad 1 win, 1 quad 1 loss. It's fine, right? There are a bunch of opportunities remaining. Ole Miss has 14 games left in the regular season. And... They're going to need to steal one or two on the road. Yeah, They have been a better team at home than they have been on the road. But odds are you're not going to go undefeated at home. Here's what Ole Miss has coming up. This weekend they go to Auburn. And brother, that is a hard place to put. Tennessee when it's full... But Auburn and Tennessee right now are the two most difficult places to play in the SEC. I'm curious to see how they handle that, too, because they, they've they've been to Knoxville already. They got punched in the mouth in Knoxville, too. They did. It was packed and loud. It was Saturday, Saturday evening, right? 
and 22,000 people, and they got popped. So how do you respond? Uh, you, you played poorly uh, in the midweek, and I mean, it still, despite the loss, feels like an absolute free shot, right? Like there's no expectations uh, for this game, and losing that game is not going to hurt you. You looked at it, if you're doing WL, WL on the schedule, you put an L next to that one. Yeah, Road game at do. Auburn, you're, you're not expecting to win that one. So, uh, so what we'll, happens after that? You come back home for Arkansas. Huge game, and, and hopefully there can be a crowd, you know, because of weather and ice and all that stuff. Uh, oh, it'll be, be fine by next by next Wednesday. Good. It'll be fine. Aren't, aren't you guys expecting some uh, some more this weekend, though? I yeah, saw some I mean, weather channel be, stuff. It's going to be cold this weekend, but I don't know that there's good going to be much more. It's just, you know, is the stuff that's here going to melt? Because that's an extremely important basketball game next week, though. Yep, 8 o'clock ESPNU. You need that one. And then a road trip to A&M. And then Mississippi State in a midweek game. And then Auburn on the weekend. So Ole Miss will play Auburn twice in two weeks. At least you get them at home. It's so we say it too much, but it's true. It's so hard to win on the road in college basketball. Yeah, Ole Miss going to have to try and do what Mississippi State couldn't do. That's get one at South Carolina. That's on February the sixth. That's a winnable road game. Not saying it's easy, but that's one you can win on the road. Got to go to Kentucky. Hard place to play. There's only about. A hundred years worth of history telling you that that is a hard place for all road opponents to play, and it is and has been an exceptionally hard place for Ole Miss to play over the course of time. Is it two wins in Lexington for Ole Miss all time? I don't uh, know. It, it, not much. Um, so that that's what's ahead for this Ole Miss basketball team. And I don't know what the number is because I don't know what the net rankings are going to look like if they go 9-9 nine and nine in the league. Is that enough? Does that make you a tournament team if you play 500 basketball in the SEC? Is it going to take 10? Joey Brackett thinks the SEC is getting eight teams in. If that's the case, you'll probably get in at 9-9. Nine and nine. I would think so. Yeah, 9-9 nine and nine should get them in. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll wrap up the 3 o'clock hour with you. Coming up next. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. There. Grateful Dead. Okay. There's a few of our listeners. I know who you are because every time I play the Dead or Fish or Panic, you guys let me know how much you appreciate it. So, I bet I'm about to get a text. I got we get one of our listeners is a friend of mine. Anytime you play a Grateful Dead song, he's like, "There we go." So, so it, it's not going to be a text for me. Like, I can't believe that moron Richard didn't know what that was. I had one of those yesterday, man. That that could also happen, but it's more likely to be just just nice. What did I say yesterday, Hayden? 
the, the what did you say yesterday? Yeah. Oh my god. So we were talking about Saban maybe being on college game day and would he do what Corso does and put the head on? And we were like, nah, you shouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. And somebody sent us a text. It would be like the time the WWE when they had the fake Diesel and Razor Ramon. But this guy over there said Razor Raymond. I said Razor Raymond. (laughs) I didn't know who that was. (laughs) I I couldn't help but laugh thinking about Razor Ramon, who was a a Tony Montana ripoff, as Razor Everybody Loves Raymond. (laughs) So... I, I I laughed really hard at that one. Uh, whoops. If I'm being honest, I'm I'm sitting here trying to think. Okay, if if I had been in Borky's seat and had been reading that text, would I have said Ramon or Raymond? Well, how would you say R A M O N? Ramon. Yeah. See, like yeah, it's just I, I screwed up in both ways. Yeah. Like just basic. Yeah. Pronunciation of words yeah. and also not non- understanding the reference it is just not not a good moment. Yeah. <laughs> it happens, man. Don't worry. Happens to us all. So we we talked about what happened last night in the SEC. Let's take a peek ahead to Saturday for the the seven conference games that are coming up on Saturday because there the, you got a couple of humdingers. South Carolina at Arkansas. Really important game for Arkansas. They're one and three. They got the win against Texas A&M on Tuesday night. Although goodness gracious, they tried to give it away. I mean, Arkansas led that game by twenty. They were up thirty to ten in the first half, and at the end of the game, it was nip tuck, nip tuck, and A&M hit a big three to take the lead. And or excuse me, Arkansas. What happened? Yeah, A&M hit a big three to take the lead by one. Arkansas. Like seven seconds left. They just drive right down the middle of the floor. Nobody stops the, the ball, get a lay-in to go up by one. And then A&M just kind of panicked and like immediately flipped the ball in bounds and turned it over. It's like, yeah, you got to get the ball to half court or somebody at least going downhill to give yourself a chance. Uh, they didn't. So Arkansas, if they can win again on Saturday at home against South Carolina, it does not solve all of their problems, and they've got plenty. But then they're two and three in the league, and you're like, okay, just everybody calm down. You got talented guys on the roster, play better. So that's a big one. How about Alabama at Tennessee at one o'clock on Saturday afternoon? Think there'll be any Saban related signs in the crowd? Mm. But that one. Maybe. You think uh, Nate Oates will take the next step in his development and punch out a player this time? Hmm. Just knocking out cold. Just karate chop. Just karate chop him right in the face. In the sure throat. You guys, yeah, I'm sure yesterday you guys had fun with the uh, the old public reprimand. We did. We did. Well, we did. I, I remembered when uh, a coach dared criticize the officials, and he was slapped with a $25,000 fine for doing that. Was that Lane Kiffin that with was, the pennies thing? That was Lane Kiffin with the pennies, which he should have done, 25, by the way. $25,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. $25,000. In the refs, by the way, in the release, when they announced the fine, they acknowledged that he was right. Mm. And then fined him $25K. Nate Oates shoves a player. Don't you do that again, Mr. Oates. As if Alabama basketball didn't embarrass the SEC recently. 
you know the 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 fortunate thing I think for the SEC is that it was Missouri who is coached by Dennis Gates that was on the receiving end of the shove. Because Dennis Gates is a chill dude on the sideline. Doesn't show a lot of emotion, not a lot of histrionics or hysterics or however you want to describe them. He stays really cool. And I'm not even sure he saw it happen in real time. There are some coaches in the SEC. Can you imagine if that had been an Alabama-Auburn game? And Bruce Pearl had seen Nate Oates shove one of his players? It would have been on. Brother? He would have come like he was shot out of a cannon down the side. Can you imagine? Would have speared him. Can you imagine if Jerry Stackhouse had been the other coach? Oh, God. That's that's smoke that... uh... Nados does not want. Especially a guy seemingly at the end of his tenure at his current employer doesn't really have much to lose anymore. We'll talk about the rest of the games that are coming up uh, this weekend when we continue with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios back right after this. Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. The recent cold weather throughout the South has had a critical impact on the current blood supply for the state of Mississippi. Less than one day's supply left on our shelves. Mississippi Blood Services is in desperate need for the following types of blood. O negative and O positive, B negative and B positive, and A negative. If you are A positive or AB positive, please come in to donate platelets. You can call Mississippi Blood Services at 601-368-2673 or go to msblood.com to find a blood drive near you. So, great way that you can help save a life right here in the state of Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi this afternoon alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Yeah, great stuff coming up this spring at Dancing Rabbit. Uh, two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, golf courses that you can play. The uh, Azaleas, former Golf Digest Top 100 course in the United States. Be sure to check them out. You can book your tee time online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspired. So we were, before the break, we were looking at games that are happening this weekend in the SEC. Talked about South Carolina, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, Vandy at Mississippi State. And we talked about this some earlier. And and the simple fact is, hey, Dad, it's not a game Mississippi State can afford to lose. Just period. Right. Oh, thanks for the insight. You did it to me again. (laughs) You did it to me again. Uh, No, you're correct. Yeah, when you're talking, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. State already has one quad one loss on the on the uh, 
on the resume that lost to Southern. A quad second four. quad four. Quad four, I'm sorry. Yes, correct. Quad four. Yeah. A second quad four loss for any team, it, it, the, the committee is going to, to have a lot of issues with that. I mean, unless State were to somehow bounce back from a, 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 that loss to, a loss to Vanderbilt by rolling off, you know, we said they had four straight quad one opportunities by going three and one in that stretch and maybe finishing something like 12 and six in the conference. I mean, if they're nine and nine or eight and 10 again and that loss is on their resume, they might not get in. Two quad four losses is a real anchor on your resume. Yeah. So you got to get it done on uh, Saturday afternoon, 2.30 on the SEC network. And uh, hopefully the roads will be cleared and you won't have any trouble. Ole Miss, or excuse me, State had a great crowd last Saturday at home in their game against Alabama. I am told that the crowd for next weekend for that Auburn game, that there are very, very few tickets available. I'm just going to go ahead and give you a heads up. If you're a state fan and you want that to be a home court advantage, whatever tickets are left, you better buy them because Auburn travels. I I don't know what they had the official attendance number being last night at Memorial Gymnasium in Nashville, but I'm going to say that there were somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000 actual people inside the building. If that was the case, 12 to 1,500 of them were Auburn fans. On a Wednesday night, for an 8 o'clock tip with not the best travel conditions. They, um, they've they turned that into a thing. They, they really, really have. So Texas A&M at LSU honestly feels like that's a bigger one for Texas A&M because they roll in 1-3. and 1-3 and three in the conference, and that one is Kentucky. Still like that. one and three for Mississippi State, and that one really is Tennessee. Is, yeah. yeah. Uh, Georgia is at Kentucky. Pretty good Georgia team. I'm not sure it's a Georgia team that's good enough to win at Rupp on a Saturday evening. Florida at Missouri. Missouri is off to an zero and four start in conference play. They're a game below five hundred. They've been competitive every time they've stepped on the floor. They just haven't won. And uh, it's a Florida team that has yet to win on the road in the SEC. They're 1-3. and three. I think that Florida team could be an NCAA tournament team. But they're in the process of digging themselves a hole that they might not be able to climb out of. And then you've got uh, Ole Miss at Auburn. I don't know how closely you guys have watched Auburn. I had watched them some, but not like studied them and not prepared for them like I did last night for a TV game. Janai Broom had his 91st career double-double last night. Jalen Williams was a perfect 7 of 7 from the floor, including two made threes and 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Their freshman point guard, Aiden Holloway, is really good. He's smooth. He's quick. He seems to have a great floor awareness. And his assist-to-turnover ratio is like 3.6 to 1. A true freshman starting at point guard. And here's the other thing. They play a ton of people. They have 10 players 
averaging 15 or more minutes. They are one of six teams in the country that is doing that and the only one in a power conference. The others are like Green Bay and Lehigh and wow. Mercer and not Detroit Mercy though. Oh and nineteen. Ooh. Had a uh, last second shot to win to get that elusive one, but they missed it. Tough gig. It's uh it's tough, yeah. I, I, I say all that to say that Ole Miss has got its hands full. Yeah. Rolling into Neville Arena to face an Auburn team that has won ten in a row. Mm-hmm. And, and is playing at a really high level. Packed and loud, intense environment, students uh, alongside the court, a camera angle that you can enjoy watching. I mean, it's uh, Auburn's got it going right now in basketball. Mike in Oxford says standing room tickets for Ole Miss at Auburn are 150 bucks a piece. Ooh. Standing room. No, thank you. You have other ways you would prefer to spend one hundred and fifty dollars. I'll watch on TV and get myself a pizza, man. If you're get, if you're sitting in a seat, I get it. But if it's hey, we'll let you inside the doors for one hundred and fifty dollars if you can see. You know, just find a spot to squeeze in, and maybe you can see half the court. No thanks. You're out on that, huh? Yeah, no way. Oh, I wouldn't do that. See, I wouldn't do that. See, anybody. Wouldn't do that. I want a seat. You started to say LeBron, and then you're like, ah, I don't really care about watching yeah, well, I don't think I'd pay to see LeBron anymore. Still worth the price of admission, hey, Dad? I mean, I would go to a Lakers game, yeah. If I got to see Anthony Edwards, maybe. That that dude, he's not human. Yeah, we, all these people talk about the, the presence of aliens and, like, you know, guy goes on Joe Rogan to tell uh, the, a story about how he saw a, a a craft go in and out of water and fly faster than his fighter jet. No, just watch Anthony Edwards play basketball. That's all the proof you need. He's not human. I watched him in college and I was like, "This is the number one pick." Seriously, I couldn't believe you how, how he wasn't that good. And he, then he goes to the pros and he can't be stopped. He has blossomed. But the the leaping ability on that dude is is hard to fathom. I mean, he's on a court with the best basketball players in the world and jumps like they are school children. It's unbelievable what he's become. It's almost like when those talent evaluators tell you a college guy is a lottery pick in the NBA. Probably should listen to them. Even if you don't see it with your own eyes, because I'm with you, hey, Dad. I did a couple of Georgia games when Anthony Edwards was there. I was like, I mean, he's good, but like he's the top five pick. Money well spent. He is now, and a decent actor. He was in uh, that that Adam Sandler basketball movie. He was the uh, antagonist. Adam Sandler basketball. Movie. Yeah. What, what's oh gosh, what's it called? Um, it's on Netflix. It's it's really good, and I'm not just saying that. It's not a comedy. It's uh, not one of his gems. No, not gems. uncut gems. Uh, it, it's oh. he, that he was Adam Sandler's agent movie. Yeah, that was it. No, he was a. Uh, it's a basketball movie. broker, or uh, he owned a um, thrift store. Anyway, 
but know. no, I don't this, know this movie you're talking about. Uh, I'll have to look it up. It's it's re- it, honestly it's re- like a really enjoyable basketball. Happy movie. Gilmore got, coaches basketball. You know, he was a a talent scout for the 76ers, um, and and found this guy in Spain, uh, and, and he was played by uh, was it Wonko Hernan Gomez who played in the NBA for a while, and brought him to America despite the 76ers telling him. War, he's not good enough. He's got issues. Don't do it. And anyway, it, it's a great movie. It's a it's a basketball movie about finding a prospect in Spain and bringing him to America. And he, they used real NBA players to do the basketball scenes. So it's really really good in that regard because it's a bunch of guys that know what they're doing. And so it, I'll look it up. It's really worth watching, especially with the off season coming. Does Razor Raymond make a cameo in that movie? Yeah, or? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Continuing with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Thursday afternoon. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com to keep up with all the things that are happening in and around Oxford. And um, as badly as the people of Visit Oxford want you to visit, want you to hang out, come enjoy the community, probably would like for you to wait a week. With the uh, the mayor's office asking people to just stay off the roads today uh, because of uh, an emergency situation with uh, icy, impassable roads, as they were described earlier, um, the the folks at Visit Oxford they desperately want you to come visit, just not for the next day or two. So uh, be careful if you are traveling out there. Keep up with everything that's happening this spring and beyond on the Visit Oxford website, visitoxfordms.com, and on. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Visit Oxford MS. The movie was called Hustle, by the way. Like, it's not going to win an Oscar or anything, or didn't win an Oscar, but if you're looking for a sports movie that's enjoyable, I'd, I'd encourage you to watch it. I really liked it. Mike McCarthy's coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. It's a different kind of movie. It's a tragedy. Horror or tragedy? Uh, depends on it depends on who you cheer for, I guess. I guess it might be a comedy for some. The Saints are going to sneak into the playoffs after uh, winning a bad division, and the Cowboys are going to go to New Orleans in the wild card and get beat forty-eight to seven. That's what's going to happen. Um, I mean, here's the thing. So the Cowboys embarrass themselves in the playoffs again. That happened, again, because it always happens. It's what the Cowboys do. They embarrass themselves in the playoffs. They shouldn't be called America's team because America wins and the Cowboys don't. But he's won 12 games three years in a row. So you're saying he's got a good enough team to win a playoff game? You would think. Now, that they don't because it's the Cowboys and they fail in the playoffs. Is what they do. However, he's won 12 games three years in a row. <laughs> you don't do that if you stink. 
But what, what is the problem in the postseason? Uh, who knows? Maybe it's just a, the, the Cowboys' curse. But there, there is the other side to that coin. Everybody, and rightfully so, is you got to make a change. You can't move on like this. you got to reconsider the quarterback position. All that's valid. But Jerry keeping him has some arguments as well. Do you want to blow something up that's working? Because it's working. Now... It's not completely working. But are you going to blow? In a league where the position that matters the most is quarterback and teams over and over and over have demonstrated how hard it is to find a franchise quarterback, all the Dak jokes aside that have been made in the last week for a pitiful playoff performance, do you want to blow up and, and start over? From a guy that threw for 4,500 yards and, what was it, 31 touchdowns this year? He's got to figure out a way to be better in those games that matter in January. Mike McCarthy said, I believe that the direction, the leadership, everything is in place. And I'm not very comfortable talking about myself, but I came here to win a championship. I didn't come here to get another contract or anything other than that. Came to Dallas to win a world championship, and that's why I'm standing here. Buy into us. But isn't that the problem? It's just Cowboys fans have bought in. They bought really expensive tickets. Really expensive parking passes. They invest. They believe. And then Lucy pulls the football. It's like, what is that team missing? Well, you know, it's like, are they, if they're, are they a piece away? Well, what's that piece? It feels like they have good pieces. You know, it, it, that, that's, that's when you, you start looking at the coach, is when you're like, well, we've got the players. You know, we can make the jokes about Dak and what he does in the playoffs, but he had an incredible regular season. Mm-hmm. They have great skill position talent. Defensively, they're as good as anybody. So what's, what's the missing ingredient there? They were 8-0 and at home. Now, a couple of those wins were really close late in the year, but they had not lost at home. And then in the biggest game of the year, they don't just lose at home. They got blown out. And I I know what the final score was. Like, I get it. But the game was not as close as the final score. This text here, reconsidering the quarterback is valid. Try to remove some of your bias. Buddy, you, you think that I say that because Dak went to Mississippi State? Get out of here. He's won two playoff games in eight years. There's no bias to that stat, man. Two playoff games, eight years. How many quarterbacks survived that? How many? If Patrick Mahomes won two playoff games in eight years, what would the conversation about him be? What was the conversation about Josh Allen this offseason? Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl, and people want him shipped out of Denver. He got shipped out of Seattle. He won a Super Bowl. Maybe you're the one that's blinded by bias. Which way are you going here? Are you saying that we're propping Dak up or we're tearing him down? I, like I don't even, I don't even know what you mean when you say try to move some, remove some of your bias. It's a state fan, so. So is he saying we're being too hard on Dak? Yes. Oh, no! If I was going to be too hard on Dak. I would make it a comparison with Ole Miss, and I'd say he's got two playoff wins in eight years. Eli Manning had two Super Bowl MVPs in eight years. But I'm not going to do that. 
That's not what I'm going to do. We're just talking very straightforward about it. And what I said was Dak Prescott had a phenomenal regular season, and I'm not sure the idea of moving on from Dak Prescott at quarterback is the way to make the Cowboys win a playoff game. But they do have to figure out a way to have Dak play better in those big games. Because there are no bigger games. Like, they're big regular season games, but there's nothing that is as big as a playoff game in the NFL. And this wasn't an NFC championship game. This was a wild card game where the quarterback on the other side of the field was how old? He's been in the league for a few years because of how they drafted and made Rodgers mad, but that was his first playoff start. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's all we're saying. I mean, he's closer to Derek Carr than he is hey, Patrick Dad, I, Mahomes. Hey, Dad, I made you roll your eyes and half chuckle. Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, if I was going to be petty, that's what I would say, but I'm not being uh, petty, so I'm not going to say not, that. Not being petty, so you don't say it. I'm yeah, not going exactly. to. I know, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would take him on the Saints tomorrow, by the way. I would trade him for Derek Carr right now. Call it in. Well, call it yeah. in. <laughs> give, give me. I want Dak on my team, please. Was we, there somebody that was arguing against no, that I'm idea? Just, he's talking about bias. No, I want Dak to play for my team right now. Right now, give me that guy on the New Orleans Saints. I'll take him one for one. We'll do a trade. Hmm. We'll you take Trevor Penning too. <laughs> Send we'll send them a dozen beignets from Cafe Dumont while we're at it. Man, I could go for some warm beignets right about now, buddy. I could go for that just about any time of day. There's no, there's no time where you show up with warm beignets and I'm going to be like, nah. Yeah, but I don't normally just randomly think about warm beignets. No, no, I just happen to be brought up. But I'm just saying, you, you if somebody mentioned. walked in like, hey, I got beignets. Okay. Do you guys like king cake? Love it, but. I know it's not traditional, but the ones that are filled with stuff. It's got to be the the cream cheese filled, yeah. My favorite king cake does not come from New Orleans, though. Yeah? Where does it come from? Um, Oh, by the way, I had some friends that had king cake the other night. uh, Was it Fong Dong? Isn't that one of the famous places? Yeah, that's the big bakery down there, yeah. I believe you pronounced it correctly. uh, Yeah, if I didn't, forgive me. But it's got like yeah. some shaved almonds in it, which I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, but it gives it just a little bit of crunch, which was good. Now, my favorite um, king cakes, and th- this is not my Oxford bias. I-, I love where I live. That's not what this is about. Bottle Tree Bakery's uh, king cakes are amazing. That's amazing. not Oxford biased. That's the place that has a Danish named after you. That's why you're biased towards them. Yeah, but... Like, I could just not say anything. I mean, it's not like That's true. unpaid advertising. I could just, like, not mention it. I'm just telling you, if you see one of those big packages on the counter that's got a king cake that's made at Bottle Tree, do it. Yeah. You're welcome. I got a friend that makes king cakes just on the side, and they are incredible. My friend Alex and, tu- or my friend Alex and Tupelo, who brought us those blueberry uh, cheesecake Ooh. bites. Ooh. She makes really? king cakes, too. Yeah. With the cream cheese on the inside or no? Oh, yeah. 
Mm. We need to get a remote in Tupelo again <laughs> while during Mardi Gras. Did you know that a lot of places don't put the baby inside the king cake anymore? Well, because they're, it's they're, probably too much liability. Yeah, I say like they're worried about lawsuits thing. and choking hazards, and so they've taken. I mean, that's like the best part of the king cake. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. I just let it go for a while. You know yeah. I mean, you and I both song. just like started just like, jamming in the seat. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Of course, on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Hope you're staying warm out there. Glad to be with you. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. Um, Mississippi State football's Twitter account tweeted something earlier today at uh, at Hale State football about an hour ago, and it caused Brian Haydad to uh, reach into his detective kit, put on his detective hat, and uh, grab a magnifying glass. And what did he do? He did a little sleuthing. Hey, Dad, from your sleuthing, based on a tweet from Mississippi (laughs) State football, what did you discover? I've just, I I found the truth. Well, so they did this. You gotta, you gotta turn that off. I can't talk. That music is not working for me, man. Uh, So they did a tweet. This is the soundtrack suite from Sleuth. I'll take your word for this. Okay, good job. Yeah, please, please kill it. What? Okay. What is this guy doing? What? Okay, thank God. I, I could not make my brain work with that music going. Okay. Um. So they they released a video from Jeff Lebby's first team meeting, and he's going through. You know, there's some cliched stuff in there. Blah blah blah. But he talks about you know how much better can we get in the next seven and a half weeks without the ball. So obviously he's alluding to the start of a, uh, you know, to practicing. So I did the math on that. I was like, yeah, it's January 18th, uh, half week, and then another thing. Involves some then I, I, I found a clue. What if he was just and saying that anyway, Blake Shapin's not going to be allowed to throw passes for the next almost two months? I don't think that's what he was saying. I just, just call me crazy. I did not make that uh, that infer- in- inference from that. Um, so anyway, if that's correct, if I did my math right, that means spring practice would start around March 10th for Mississippi State because I know that Super Bulldog weekend is April 19th through the 21st. So spring spring game is on the 20th. So that gives you 40 days to 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 get your practices done. Okay. What else? Um, all right. So it's starting when? I, I'm gonna make the guess that. Come on. Inspector Gadget? 
It's go, go. I wish my go-go gadget arm could come smack you in the face. It's a long way from uh, from Starville to Oxford, so. Anyway, I did a little. Yeah, I did a little math. I feel like I should get like Mr. Wizard music or something. I did. I did math. I did, it wasn't so much detective work. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go with. We're gonna make a guess around March 10th. So, state will announce that or probably you know the next coming weeks or something like that. But that's our guess for the start of spring practice. Uh at in Starkville at Mississippi State. Okay. What do you want to see? Our official sports talk Mississippi uh uh yes. What do I want to see? Yeah. The ball flying all over the yard. That's what I want to see. And not just in, not just at Duty Noble at on the practice fields as well. I want to see Blake Shapen and Chris oh. Mr. Wizard. That's that's better. I feel like I love Mr. Wizard. Great great television show. All right, okay. yeah, Bill Nye, the fun. science guy, is a Bill Nye, the science guy, is a cheap dime store Mister Wizard, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I want to see Shapin and Parson throwing the ball down the field. I want to see what receivers are going to step up, and then defensively, <laughs> just I want to see everything, man. I don't know what I want to see out of that defense. So, you know, I have I have no set baseline expectation for that defense next year. Whatever they give me, I'll, I'll be ready for it. And what's crazy is, I mean, people are going to watch the spring game. I don't know how many open practices they have. I hope it's a lot. I think that's good for fans. But there are a lot of guys that will play for Mississippi State come August 31st that will not be participating in the spring game. And I don't mean because they got in trouble or academics aren't there or they're injured. Well, they're not in Starkville. They're not on roster yet. Yeah, that, that that's probably the case, but I mean, at the same time, Michael, if State has the same amount of success in the post-spring window recruiting defensive guys as they did in the pre-spring window, there may not that may not be the case, and they may just go into it with the guys they have. What are you laughing at? C-spire what now? Ceasefire text, text line. Somebody sent us a picture of four king cake babies, three king cake babies, and it said, "Whatever you do." Don't buy a 100-pack of these bad boys from Party City and hide them all over your in-law's house. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, Mardi Gras season means King Cake Baby, the mascot, is back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that horrific nightmare spawn. One of the very few things that the New Orleans Pelicans as an organization have done correctly uh, over the years, they have... The most hideous mascot you've ever seen. Just Google King Cake Baby Pelicans and you'll see it. It is a gigantic, like 10 Don't foot tall it. baby it'll be, it'll with a, be a creepy face and a crown on his head. And he's he's got a diaper on. He's not completely naked like the ones that are in the cakes, but he is a disgusting specimen. Looks like a Chucky doll if Chucky was a King Cake baby. It's like a horror movie. He's, he should be the villain in a horror movie. Yeah, That's and they awesome. rail that out there, and when they expect people to take their kids with to see it, it's terrible. It's funny you show that to anybody under the age of ten; they would run in fear. So they obviously, of course, have social media accounts for it. And uh, King Cake Baby has spent time recently sending messages to people that cover the NBA with just the skull and crossbones as the picture. <laughs> Goodness, he's hideous. 
I got a very like measured response on why king cake babies are not included in king cakes for the most part anymore. We did. About, All right. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a serious grown-up answer, though. I was disappointed and not terribly interested. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a choking Uh, hazard, and people have king cake parties, and, you know, it's about just sampling the cakes. It's not about actually the babies. I'm like, this this came from a friend who I did not expect such a serious response from. So he sent me another response that I can't read on the air. So beautiful. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi. I thought you know he's really a friend. Yeah, that's ex- that's exactly right. That's how it works. Um, well, you just get a straight wall blank off then. Yeah, yeah some, something along those lines. Uh, Mike in Oxford says he would love a crawfish and boudin king cake right about now. Buddy, you're telling me. I, I just keep going back to her on this. She made one of those last year. She texted it really? to us. Alex did. Yeah, oh, That's right. It looks yeah. so good. So, good cook. That's what I'm getting at with her. Yeah. Um, we, we have our musical lineup for the Super Bowl. I'm never, like, going to get all out of sorts about who's singing what. But is this... Is this so Reba's going to sing the national anthem. Post Malone is going to sing America the Beautiful. And um, Andra Day is going to sing Lift Every Voice and Sing. And we got Usher at halftime. Okay. Yeah, not not the... I, I would rather Reba just sing Fancy, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I am. Like, like Reba's, like, I love Reba and, you know, wildly successful, wildly successful in everything. Music, TV, movies, the whole deal. Yeah. But, I mean, our recent national anthems at the Super Bowl have been Lady Gaga and her unbelievable voice, Pink and her incredible voice, Beyonce, Chris Stapleton last year was fantastic. I know different type genre, but just standing there with his acoustic guitar and singing it, oh, it was incredible. I just feel like it's going to be really twangy, but that's fine. I, look, I, I'm not being critical of Reba. I, I feel bad kind of going, eh, probably not who I would have picked, but anyway. We've had better... Lineups. I know Post Malone's really popular and talented too, and, and and Usher was on top of the world back in the day. And I mean, the you've had recent halftime shows where they tapped into nostalgia and it worked, right? Where they had you know Snoop Dogg and all those guys. But underwhelming. The whole lineup underwhelming. I feel like Usher's going to be pretty good at halftime, and it's not going to be just Usher. He's the headliner, and then he'll rope in. Other acts, right? What's you his name was by himself. Think, yeah. Who? Um. Oh gosh, the singer that just kind of like danced on his own and had the people the with advantages. The weekend, yeah. The weekend. That wasn't last year, was it? No, that was, that was yeah. a few years ago. You think little DJ got us falling in love again at halftime of the Super Bowl? Is that happening? This guy. What? It's an 
Usher song. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour with you. It's just like the music I was playing during the break. That's exactly the same. Hey, Dad was enjoying. Hey, Dad uh, Dad was enjoying DJ Dickie Cross during the break. (laughs) I I mean, he was shaking. He was head bobbing. I mean, uh, Usher got Hey, Dad going. I think I'm excited about Usher at halftime. Yeah. Right. Good. Dude, Very t- rarely. Uh, I'm telling you, in the last decade, the only halftime show I really sat down and, and watched was the uh, the the, the hip hop, the West Coast uh, Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg show. The rest of them, I'm yeah. just like, eh, there's just no one. He was on top of the world there for a while, just like just like club and party hit after party hit. Yeah. Yeah. Who would be most likely to join Usher at halftime? I mean, there's a lot of options there. <laughs> Jelly roll. Dwayne and Brandon says, I wish not in a small town singer would do the national anthem. Says, <laughs> can't recall his name, but Gallo would love it. I think Try That in a Small Town is the song that uh, you're referencing. Ooh, Alicia Keys, that's a good one. You want to talk about talent? Yeah, but she's more like Jay-Z's sidekick. Well, I mean, she did a couple songs with him, but, I mean, yeah, people, they, people collaborate all the time. They do. They do. Um... In the early 2000s. Better collab, Jay-Z and Alicia Keys or Jay-Z and Rihanna? Alicia Keys. Okay. Yeah. So you like Empire State of Mind better than Run This Town? Yes. Yeah. By by a significant amount or is it close? Although I know you're a big fan of New York, so I I don't want to, I'm not going to disparage, but that song paints a really glowing picture of New York that reality does not actually... Back up. Well, they got Soto now, so they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, boy. I got yeah, but it was like it was like late nineties New York, early two thousands New York. True. It was not twenty twenty New York. Man, I was scrolling. They couldn't sleep. I was up at like three a.m. scrolling through YouTube, and and Teenage Dirtbag came up on my YouTube, uh, a, a live performance from like two thousand five or something. And man, music was just so big much we- better back then. Big Weedus fan. Yeah, that? man, it was awesome. And you had like the weird guy with the, the, I mean, he had like the spiky blue hair that was DJing for some reason in this rock song, and it like for some reason it fit because that was that era and just great song. And I kept thinking, there's good bands today and stuff like that, but the the vibe around music that was created in that era cannot be replicated. 
What a great I think song! More that bands is. need to do do what the Mighty Mighty Ballstones did and just have a guy dancing with them. You know, yeah. What instrument do you play? No, I just I just dance. <laughs> I could have been that guy. You know, in that song, by the way, he sings the uh, the, the female part. That that's the lead singer the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's just one guy. It's yeah, just yeah. him. Just just raises his voice a little. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, Alicia Keys' standalone version of Empire State of Mind is better than Jay-Z's. I don't know if that's a okay. popular or unpopular opinion, or not, but her sitting at the piano playing that with the backup singers is phenomenal. She's awesome. Mike says New York State of Mind is better <laughs> than Empire State of Mind. Ooh! Ooh! Is it? Yeah, think on that one a little bit. Opinions? No opinions. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna find either one of those songs on my Spotify. So. I'll let you take the lead on that. I know we're supposed to have opinions about everything in this business, but that one I I'll just follow you. Have you seen the the you, you talk about going down YouTube rabbit holes? Have you seen the one where? Billy Joel's doing the the concert on stage with the um, with the microphone, and I would hope he had a microphone at every concert. No, no I mean, it's just like him and a mic and a piano, and he's just doing okay. a, like a solo show, and he's taking questions from the audience. And this guy raises his hand. And he's like, "Hey, would you let my buddy come play with you?" And they're and he's like, "What?" He's like, "No, he's really good." And so he's like, "Sure, come on up." And Billy Joel asked him, he's like, hey, do you want to play it in this key or that key? And he's like, whatever you want. He's like, all right, kid. And he just goes to town, and, and Billy Joel's like, oh, all right, let's do this. Anyway, it's, it's worth a watch on YouTube if you want to find that somewhere along the way. It wasn't, Mike points out, it was a Vanderbilt student. That's exactly right. Kid could play. Sports Talk Mississippi, sometimes. And then sometimes you're in the middle of a week in January, the weather's terrible outside, and two basketball teams lost last night. It turns into, what's the best New York song? Which the answer is something from Frank Sinatra. Yes. We're back with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon as we roll into the five o'clock hour alongside my friends Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. I am Richard Cross. We are glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Be sure to uh, at least from time to time check out the website pearlriverresort.com and check out the calendar of events for up coming entertainment and promotion 
because there's uh, there's cool stuff that is on the horizon. Um, let's see. No, nope, already missed that one. Ron White. Ron Ooh. White coming to Pearl River Resort Saturday, February 24th. He'll be at center stage at the Silver Star. You can buy your tickets online at pearlriverresort.com. How about Saturday, March 16th? Cool in the gang. That'll be fun. I need to get over there for Ron White, man. I've never seen him, and I'm a huge stand-up guy. I need to go to that. He's still got his fastball, despite, uh, I think he's in his 60s now. Does not matter. He's still just sharp and funny as he's ever been. I've actually seen Ron White, and I am not a stand-up comedy guy at all. Was it good? It was good. Yeah, he's really good. Really good. Also, uh, Saturday, May 4th, 8 p.m., the Wallflowers. Coming to the Silver Star Convention Center as well. So big lineup this spring. Cool. Check them out. Look at that. Um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Buy your tickets online, PearlRiverResort.com. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. It's right here in C Spire country. All right, let's get to it. Time for a little college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built for tough you can test drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So, Lane Kiffin spending some time in T-Town yesterday, at least if we are to believe his Twitter account, um, took, took several pictures that he posted on uh, Twitter while in Tuscaloosa. Um. Man, what a weird time we're in. That a head coach of a team can openly recruit a player off another team in college football within his own division. But that's where we are. Once guys are in the transfer portal, you don't have to be secretive about it at all. Some still choose to, right? You know, oh, it leaked out. They're kind of recruiting this guy, kind of recruiting guy. It's like Lane Kiffin knows that's going to happen, and so he just puts it out there, which is an interesting strategy. What what do you guys make of this? I I don't feel bad for Alabama, first of all. No. I mean, this is just. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. That's two different conversations. No, I don't feel bad for Alabama. I mean, what do you make of the head coach being so just openly public about, I'm in Tuscaloosa. Here I am. The king's gone. I'm coming after your dudes. But this is Kiffin, right? This this is just what he does. I mean, I haven't, you know, they're not seeing a lot of other coaches doing it. This is just what Lane Kiffin does. This is his, this is what he likes to do. He, you know, he's got some some Twitter troll in him, which is fine. You can do that when you win eleven games in a year. You you got that kind of credit built up in the bank that no one's going to go like, what's wrong with this guy? 
So, you know, I don't I don't see him stopping doing it anytime soon. So, you know, he 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 knows the portal. He 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 works the portal better than just about anybody in college football. There are a ton of talented players in the portal and more probably getting in there every day, especially from Alabama, and he's going to get some of them. He's going to at least make a, a big attempt to get some of those guys because they can help him win games next year. You know what this tells me? There's blood in the water. That's what this tells me. And not just from Lane Kiffin. And unfortunately, as we it gets brought up on the text line all the time, that the year Nick Saban leaves, Alabama's not on either Ole Miss or State schedule. Just happened to work out that way. Yeah. But even the good to great programs in the SEC saw Alabama on their schedule and thought, ugh, oh, man, got to go to Tuscaloosa. Got to play Saban. Is there anybody, sans Vanderbilt, that looks at Alabama, this even as great as Kalen DeBoer is as a coach, and he's great, and he's going to get players, he will. Is there a single coach in the SEC that looks at their schedule in 2024 and sees Alabama and has that same feeling or anything close to it? It's different than it has been. Yeah. I mean, it's still a talented football team. They're, they're still probably more talented, even with the guys they've lost, than most teams in the SEC. But yes. at the same time, the aura of invincibility is gone because that came from Saban. Yep. I mean, look at how Lane Kiffin coached against Alabama versus anybody else. To, to keep this example local, you, you yep. can lose games before you step on the field. Mike Leach, the, the late Mike Leach, rest his soul, talked about it. Talked about how his team lost to the uniform. They, 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 they saw Alabama, Nick Saban's Alabama, and already lost before the game kicked off. But you know what? I, I think I don't think Ole Miss was intimidated against Alabama. I think deep down Lane Kiffin wanted so badly to beat Nick Saban because of the respect that he had for him primarily. But I think probably what he wouldn't want to admit is that there was some intimidation there. He coached differently. Now, 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 now that said... I thought Ole Miss was intimidated as a football team at Georgia. Yeah. They weren't ready for that. that by, by no fault of their own. It's just... Yeah. but So so which was your favorite Kiffin post? Was it the uh, the statue with the icicles hanging off of it where he did the heart goat emojis? That, that's that's the best one. The, the telling everybody exactly why he's there. <laughs> that is exactly why he's there. Because that guy's no more. It's the Tiger Woods effect. Tiger Woods' presence on a leaderboard caused people to play worse around him. Tiger Woods isn't on the leaderboard anymore. Yeah, that's right. Good example. No doubt. But the brazenness is is very perfectly Kiffin. It is. To, to your other point about feeling sorry, I mean, I'm sure you guys talked about this yesterday. And I'm going to be honest, that there's this... There's this idea floating around there that now that Alabama has been affected by the craziness of the transfer portal, now something's going to get done. Now, I'm, you know what I say? I say don't do a thing to the transfer portal. Leave it just like it is. Just leave it. If you got enough money, if you raise enough money, you can buy a roster that's good enough to win big. How committed are you? Go do it. Because it's 
it's the greatest equalizer in college football of the last what? It's the greatest equalizer in college football since scholarship limits were put in place. Yeah. That's what the transfer portal is. It has allowed teams who did not live in the same neighborhood as Alabama to move into the neighborhood and park Cousin Eddie's RV right in front of the house and say, if you don't like it, do something about it. I realize I just mixed like a bunch of analogies together for, I don't even know why, but the the the, the point is, I'm here and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't leak to the NCAA. You can't have the NCAA do your dirty work to make sure only certain teams are allowed to do things under the table and get away with it. You can't use your network of influence or your network of boosters to pay when nobody else can. It's just all out there. How committed are you? And and nobody's roster is immune to it anymore. Georgia's roster isn't immune to it. Now, can they handle it better than most? Absolutely. Because there's so much talent on that roster. But how many Georgia guys hit the portal this year? A dozen? 20? Something like that. Alabama's had 25? And Alabama's concern all of a sudden is, well, but it's not so much that we don't like the portal. It's just like there's nobody else to get because there aren't players that are in the entering the portal right now. You didn't care about that until it bits you. Not one little bit. So just sit over there and shut up for a little while. How about that? Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad had a really good tweet a couple of hours ago. It was a uh, a quote tweet where he said, Clearly Mike Tomlin has had enough of the Mardi Gras was invented here narrative. What could he possibly be talking about? Pittsburgh Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. The thought of going to Mobile turns my stomach. Um, Not that I dislike Mobile, um, (laughs) but I know what it's like when you're working and you're not in Mobile. It's a really good feeling to be in that tournament as the road gets narrow. And to be living out uh, the things that you aspired to live out over the last twelve months, and so the thought of going to Mobile turns my stomach. <laughs> you just, just should have killed it after I the first just line. Stopped it just, right there. That just made people. What? What did he? Why? What did he end up against Mobile? Mm. Yeah. Not excited about the uh, Senior Bowl. Yeah, he is a, a Mardi Gras truther. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> Mike Tomlin is a Mardi Gras truther. Yeah. This Alabama thing is nuts, though. I mean, and you pointed it out. It, it, I know the circumstances are different, but did, did anybody feel sorry for Ole Miss, by the way, when Jim Harbaugh took the Michigan plane to take Ole Miss's quarterback out to eat? 
flew into the Oxford I airport, did. was wearing Michigan gear in a local. Did anybody feel bad for for Ole Miss? I, I was I, I was outraged. You, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, and by the way, like, I can't Alabama believe just, this is happening. Oh, Alabama just got the commit of Washington's quarterback. Do, do, do any of them think that the system's broken now that they stole Washington's quarterback? No, right? The hypocrisy is astounding. Now it, it's it's to their credit because they hired Nick Saban and got out of his way, but they had a built-in unfair advantage with the greatest of all time wandering their sidelines for years. This isn't. The, the product of the system being broken, this is the product of you having to play by the system now because you had a trump card and his name was Nick Saban. Speaking of transfer quarterbacks, it's been a pretty decent offseason for Vanderbilt. Now, they had a bunch of guys get in the portal, and so there are a bunch of spots available. But as bad as that team was this year, as bad as it was this year, I'm not so sure that cleaning house wasn't the best thing for them. I don't know that you wanted to lose everybody, but just kind of hitting the reset button, so what's the position where you need the most help? Quarterback. Do you see who Vanderbilt got in the transfer portal to play quarterback? Diego Pavia. Who is that? Might you ask? You you remember that little you remember that little upset that New Mexico State pulled in Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> you know, like that idea. Ah, uh, Diego you need to roll the was, R's too. You know, he was the uh, he was the quarterback for New Mexico State. So Jerry Kill's now on staff at Vanderbilt, and Pavia makes the transition. It's a really good pickup for Vanderbilt. Kick it, play. Yes, he can. And like uh, we talked about earlier, now he has the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever when Vanderbilt travels to Auburn uh, later this year. Ooh. Ooh. Perhaps. Uh, I am here to report to you that um, First Bank Stadium in Vanderbilt is going to be great. It's still got a long way to go. There's a there's a lot of work still to be done on um, on that. Now, only one of the end zones is supposed to be open this year. It's the the end zone that's closest to the Marriott. That would be the north end zone. I think it's the north end zone that will be open this year. And then the south end zone will open next year. But um, the the eight inches of snow that they got in Nashville on Monday was not helping construction. There was not a – I was looking into the stadium from my hotel room over the last couple of days, and I did not see a soul move in the snow for two days in that stadium. Uh, and I was thinking, guys, hey, August could be here before you know it. You might want to get on it. You might want to layer up and get some welding done today or do something. <laughs> you know, go, 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 go do some work yeah, in a fine. staging area so that you can not lose a day. It's fine. You know, they love construction in Nashville. They they want it going on all the time. So It, it is. There's, there's a lot of it. 
channel your inner anchorage on that one. Figure out what they do. They don't only build three months out of the year. They build through the winter. Do the same. I saw a couple of days ago it was warmer in Anchorage, Anchorage Alaska than it was in Oxford. <laughs> Love that. It's believable. It's believable. Alaska's awesome, by the way. But, uh, I mean, they got to get oh, that really? stadium. You spent much time there? I've been there, actually. Yeah. What a what a non sequitur though. Just straight up. Oh, Alaska's awesome. By it the way. is really really <laughs> Tell cool me place. More. Uh, I'm sure it's really cool. I was in high school. It was in the summer. Not intended. Uh, flew into what is that? Vancouver, Canada. Um, and then out. and then took yeah. a uh, a puddle jumper up to Seward. I believe and, it's in uh, British Columbia, right? Yeah. Vancouver. And went yeah. from yeah. Seward to. Juno to catch a can, I think were the the three stops. You went to Juno to catch a can. A catch can, a can of what? Is he a, said catch a can really fast, and so nobody would correct him on pronunciation. That's how you say it. catch a can, catch a can, Alaska. Um, it's awesome, man. The, the summer was amazing. I mean, it was comfortable but rainy. I mean, they said it rains like two hundred and fifty days out of the year there, rains or snows. Um, but it was like upper fifties, lower sixties the entire time. There are bald eagles, literally everywhere. To the point where they're almost a nuisance. They're everywhere. I mean, one day we went whale washing, and we were in this valley where it's just nothing but like just beautiful green pine trees going down to the ocean, and off the bank, it drops straight down, just like a rock wall goes straight down. So there's this huge channel, and they stop the boat in the middle of this channel, and a pod of orcas, 50 to 100, swam right underneath the boat, and the water is so perfectly clear, you could see the ones that were way underneath the boat. They put a speaker down so we could hear them talk to each other, saw a bear and a moose, um, ate salmon for every meal for six consecutive days, and I don't regret it. It's a really, really cool place to visit. It was awesome. Went fishing, didn't catch a thing. Saw salmon everywhere, jumping out of the water, didn't catch one. You were not a uh, skilled fly fisherman? So we did it uh, out in the ocean. Uh, so not not up in a river, but out in the ocean. Oh, okay. we, we we trolled a kelp forest, and they were just everywhere, and we didn't catch one. I was too young to participate, but apparently the brewery scene there was awesome. <laughs> You'll have to go back and uh, try that out next time. Oh goodness! Seeing uh, a moose in real life is jarring. It was more jarring than Big the bear. The, the bear was fine. It was just walking along the bank, whatever. I mean, it was a bear. It was minding its own business. When you see a moose in real life, you can't believe it's a real animal. Well, you see bears. You can see bears at zoos. Like, you go to the Memphis Zoo and see a bear. Yeah. They don't, nobody has a moose in the zoo. I mean, it was a full... I mean, it had the, the horn rack that was just completely established and huge. I mean, it, it's taller... The, the shoulder stands taller than Richard's F-150. Just an unbelievably huge animal. Just moving along in town. They're they're trying to like kind of get it away from town and, and like back up into the woods, and it could not have possibly cared less about what the people were telling it to do. It just was unbothered. Speaking of F-150s, if you're ready for one, Belk Ford in Oxford's got you covered. Highway 6 West in Oxford. Look, I've told you how how much I love the Ford F-150, but the last seven days, the last five days, are the best testament I can give to that vehicle. I have driven from Oxford to Columbia, Missouri, and back in the snow, 
made my way around Oxford for three days on four inches of ice, just drove to Nashville and back in the snow and the ice, and never once have I not felt safe. So not only is it a great-looking truck and a great driving truck, but it's a safe truck. And uh, you can test drive one at Belk Ford. Got a great selection on the lot right now. Service after the sale, whether it's routine stuff like oil changes and tire rotations or more serious stuff in the event that something goes wrong. Check them out. Tell them Sports Talk Mississippi sent you. That's Belk Ford on Highway 6 West in Oxford, belkford.net. Got a little less than half an hour left with you this afternoon. You uh, can stick with us. Hope you'll stick with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. we got more coming up after the break. Um, Michael Casagrande at AL.com wrote an opinion column about the aforementioned Lane Kiffin. Was he upset? Is he perturbed? Or was he just pointing some things out? We'll discuss. We're back after this. is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Jeff and Potatalk, I guess this has to do with Borky's uh, Alaska remembrances. Why is a moose not a college mascot? Seems like a missed opportunity. Got me thinking, is there a moose mascot in college athletics? And the answer is there may be like some smaller schools, but I don't think there is a Major Division One school that has a moose as a mascot. That is a missed opportunity. The Seattle Mariners mascot is a moose. Right. All right. Thank, thank you. It's the same That's Google it. search I got when I typed in mascot moose. Yeah. Does he have a name, or is he just called the Mariner Moose? He's just... Mariner Moose. That's 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 another miss. Why is he not like Griffey or something? Or Rocky? No, that 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 wouldn't work. That's, that would that's, take that's him. Probably you have to pay licensing fees on that one. Probably. Okay. Borky has no idea what we're talking about there. No, uh, I no. don't. Rocky and Bullwinkle Borky. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of. So, Loosely, maybe somewhere along the way. Connecticut State Community College Northwestern Campus has Maddie the Moose. There we go. Can they get us some gear? We'll wear it. It's not super mainstream. No. 
uh, Utica College. Okay, again. Or Utica University, I guess this is? I assume that's not in Utica, Mississippi. Uh, no, it is, uh, it is not. When the Moose football team runs onto the field, would the announcer stumble and go, and here come the Meese? But they're the Pioneers, so they're the Utica Pioneers, but all of their branding and logo is a moose, and he's called Trax, the Pioneer now, look, Moose. Just because your branding and your logo and your mascot aren't the same, there's not really an issue. That's nuts. That's okay. No, it's, It happens from time to time. But what's better, Moose or Pioneers? I would go with Moose. <laughs> the Utica Moose. They got a hockey team, apparently. Utica, New York, by the way. Yeah. There's a uh, Dunder, Mifflin, Dunder Mifflin branch there. <laughs> That's right. All right, so Michael yeah. Casagrande at AL.com writes, The buzzards are circling. For years they've been stalking, lurking in the weeds, waiting for this moment. A week ago Wednesday the dam broke, and now they're flooding the valley. Or Tuscaloosa. Perhaps nobody's been lingering longer than the crown prince of SEC mischief. So a week after Nick Saban retired, and as the Alabama transfer dominoes continued to fall, Lane Kiffin dropped the perfectly savage tweet Wednesday evening. No words, just a picture. That was the tweet of the University of Alabama side one mile away at the corner of Lurleen Wallace and University Boulevards. Lurleen is a hard word to say, by the way. Lurleen? Lurleen. 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 Don't take my players away. Oh. Did you hear the uh, Alabama fan remix of God Bless the USA, Lee Greenwood? No. It's. Oh, dear God. Don't. 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 Just don't go any farther. Continue on with the Lane Kiffin stuff. Please. Yeah. If tomorrow don't, don't, my coach was you don't gone, ah, I, I begged you I said been don't here do for it for almost two decades <sighs> you got to find it and listen to it no I don't I do not what about the Alabama fan who says you should stop tithing it's time to start donating ten percent of your al- your income to Yay Alabama Ooh. your church can survive that it can survive without that money right now oh, Alabama is not- in a crisis. This fan was not suggesting an additional tithe. No. He was saying, if, if you've got to stop tithing to give to Yay Alabama, so be it. He was saying, roll tithe. Roll tithe. That's what they should call it. Honestly, I mean, that, that is what they should call it. When you donate to Yay Alabama, you should call it a roll tithe. So, so, somebody's really upset on our text line. They, I don't know what they're talking about, but they're really mad. Just throwing out all these accusations about some woman. Huh? Oh, wow. Yeah, he... Uh, Jeff... Oh, I see who he's talking about. Oh, okay. Jeff in Forest County. There, there are uh, a greater than zero number of people that think that the text line for Paul or Gerard or Nellie are their personal phone numbers. Yes. Which I would love to... Imagine Paul Gallo just sitting at home right now and just getting these texts going, what's this person talking about? They must be on marijuana. (laughs) Uh, You guys, uh, somebody on the C Spire text line, if Lane were coaching for anybody else, y'all would say he's a 
Nope. Donkey. I say it. I say it. Uh, I, I have no problem. We so. laughed and appreciated Lane Kiffin when he was at Alabama, in fact. Did it when he was at FAU, especially with the what an exciting time video. Yeah, but his social media game is far superior to what it has ever been before. Yeah. <laughs> and, Go, Al. Yeah. Back, back I, to the I Al- couldn't find the camera. I was like, where's my hand? Speaking of Lane Kiffin and Michael Crossagrande, let's just pretend for a second. Let's pretend just for the... It's not going to happen. That's Spanish but, for a big house, by the way. But let's just pretend that the Carolina Panthers hired Lane Kiffin to be their next head coach and the Ole Miss roster was open to hit the transfer portal for 30 days. What do you think Kalen DeBoer in Alabama would do? What do you think that they would well, they do? Are, they're men of principle. They would just be like, ah, we can't, can't go after those guys. He would be knocking on Jackson Dart's door faster than you can travel. He would somehow teleport to Oxford to talk to Jackson Dart and Trey Harris and Walter Nolan. They would do it all. But but when it happens to Alabama, oh, we got to change this. They can't replace him. If it happened to Ole Miss and Kiffin bolted, not a single person crying about Alabama getting decimated would be crying about Ole Miss getting decimated or Mississippi State or anybody else. They're not crying about Washington losing a quarterback today. It's a joke. I I actually, I'm going to give Michael Casagrande credit and the benefit of the doubt. And he's a good dude. And he's pretty level-headed. I'm sure he wants Alabama to do well. You're crazy if you don't want the team that you're covering to do well because it's good for business. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what's good for business, putting Lane Kiffin's name in a headline is good for business. You want Alabama fans to click a story? Like, there are a lot of things that the headline for this story from Michael Casagrande and his column could have said. You know what they said? You know what the first word of the headline was? Kiffin. Kiffin among buzzards circling Alabama on historic day for transfers. You know what Alabama fans saw? Kiffin. Kiffin. And you you know what they did after that? Click, and they read the story. And, And so if you read the entire column, it really is a column about Kalen DeBoer and the challenge that he faces. That's what the contents of the column is. But the first two or three paragraphs are about Lane Kiffin. And then he gets into the meat of the column, which is Alabama's got guys going all over the place and they got a few guys coming in. And then he finishes it like this. This is how he finishes the column. The serenity of the Pacific Northwest is a long way away for DeBoer this Thursday morning. He got good news from a few players who announced returns to Tuscaloosa on Wednesday night, though. Every scholarship player matters at this point for DeBoer. Six days after climbing on that plane in Seattle bound for Tuscaloosa, the new Alabama football coach is a bare-knuckle fight for not only his future rosters but his current one. The buzzards are circling. Did DeBoer pack his 12-gauge? Oh, yeah, good writing's fine, good stuff. You don't put Lane Kiffin's name in the last paragraph because most people aren't making it all the way to the end of that column. (laughs) Am I I crazy? No, that's how analytics works on those kind of things. The inverted pyramid. I remembered something from journalism school. Credit to me, pat on the back. There you go. 
Most important information goes at the top. As you go down the article, what you're saying matters less and less. And that's even in a news story. I mean, that, that, this, this philosophy is like in a column. The stuff that's going to grab people's attention most goes at the beginning. And then, yeah, you know, people are kind of trailing off as it goes along. Uh, I saw this graphic from the next round. See if I've, I think we've got time to do this before the break. If not, we can do it when we come back. Alabama roster movement. I'll give you these numbers. Combination of, of entered the transfer portal before Saban's retirement, declared for the NFL draft, or entered the portal after the Saban retirement. They've got to rebuild an entire defense for next year. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We're back with you to wrap it up after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Greg Byrne today uh, clarified what Nick Saban's role was going to be. He said he's going to be an advisor for us. He's been awesome. He and I talked during the coaching search. I mean, somebody asked me, was he involved? I was like, man, I'm not very smart. Many people know that. But I'm smart enough to know when you have a chance to have Nick Saban involved with talking about coaching football and decision-making and leadership, shame on me if I don't take advantage of that. That was a lot of words to say yes by the way. But, uh, so, yes. suppose Nick Saban impressed with Caitlin DeBoer. Maybe more impressed with Dan Lanning to start things off, followed by perhaps Mike Norvell and Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know. Not saying. Just saying. What do you think he's going to do? I asked Haydad yesterday. What do you think, absent his little office in Bryant-Denny, what is the next thing that Nick Saban's going to do? I think the office in Bryant-Denny, by the way, is more for Alabama than it is for Nick Saban. The number of hours that he will spend inside the walls of that office in a calendar year, I would say, is fewer than 20. But they can show by hey, it's Nick Saban's office over there. Yeah, yeah the finest wood-paneled walls and big leather seats and whatever. Um, I mean, this is not a unique thought. I think he's going to do a lot. I think he'll speak some. I think he will be involved with the ownership group, with the automobile dealerships that he is a part owner in. I think he'll probably do a little bit of consulting work. I don't know. Maybe you'll skip on the consulting and just do the, you know, make one speech a month for $200,000 each a pop. Because, I mean, big companies pay big money for keynote speakers. 
Like, that's an entire industry that's out there. And if you, I mean, if you're the CEO of GE and you need a speaker, wouldn't you, and you're going to pay somebody $250,000? Would you rather have a former vice president or Nick Saban? So, so Borky, so, so he's got a multi, multi, multi million dollar stake in automobile dealerships. He could probably command somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred fifty thousand dollars a speech if he's so inclined. Um, I think he'll do some television work. I don't know if it's he'll be on set every single Saturday on game day. play a lot of golf. Clearly, he likes the water. Like, every piece of property he owns is waterfront. I mean, that's enough to keep a fellow busy, isn't it? Yeah. If I had that much yeah. money, you, you couldn't pay me enough to give a speech to a company. I'm sorry. Oh, he, you, you always... you could, hold, on, hold on. You couldn't be paid enough for them to send a private plane, fly you to a location, take an hour to an hour and a half of your time, hand you a check for $250,000, and then fly you back to your previous location on their private plane with them footing the bill for all of it? How much money do you think he has in assets and bank accounts at the moment? Uh, plenty. Uh, what would it be, $100 million? He enjoys oh, the coaching, no, though. That'll be a way that. to. Uh, so that'll but, be a way to continue that. Right, but that, that's him. I'm talking about me here. If I had more than a hundred million in the bank, I don't need to fly to some corporate headquarters to to give a speech about, you know, hard work. I'll just stay on my boat. I mean, you spend the time to write three or four speeches that you rotate through and you deliver them well. And I, okay, I'd rather be fishing. I hear you, man. I hear you. I fish the other six days of the week. <laughs> or the other 29 days of the month. Yeah, but, man, I'd fish or golf 365. Every single day I'll do one of the two for the rest of my life. Well. Most days, both. I mean, if I could give 10 speeches a year and add another $2 million to my net worth, I probably would do that in addition to playing golf and doing a little bit of fishing. It's just me, though. You think he's got an Augusta membership? You think that's coming? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm surprised he doesn't have one already, to be honest. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. We will be back with you tomorrow. We will in-depth preview the basketball games that are coming up on Saturday. Bruce Marshall will be with us. We'll look at some NFL playoff matchups this weekend and a whole lot more. Be safe out there, especially if you're in North Mississippi where the roads are kind of yucky on this Thursday night. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.